0: How did you get into the highland games were you coming
1: from another sport originally yeah so i actually came into the highland games um from strongman so yeah makes i did sense. uh yeah i did strongman competitions um coming when i was in college so okay. awesome i went to university of nebraska and i did uh my first strongman competition in 2007 was nebraska's yeah. strongest man so i i got into it that way and yeah um Kind of in the course there, you know, kind of to the end of my strongman career. You know, I had a couple of pretty serious knee injuries. I had my ACL <clears throat> torn for the second time doing doing strongman. And yep. uh know, before that happened, there was a, a guy in Omaha, his name is DJ Satterfield, and he he put on a Highlander competition. It was half, half Highland Games and Half Strongman. Okay. And so that that was my first introduction into the Highland Games. Um and, uh, you know, in those competitions, I met a pro thrower in the Highland Games in Omaha, Sean Betts. Okay. He, he kind of pushed me into the Highland Games. Um, even before I tore my ACL, he was kind of like, you know, this might be something that you. You, that have than, than you got to do it. Then man. And so I got into it that way. And then, you know, I've been, I've been doing that ever since. So that was through my first Highland Games in 2011, I think. Yeah, did, and, and Highlander before that, 2010, I think. So I mean, I've been around for a long time. It seems
0: like, geez, man, no, that's that's incredible. <laughs> I I always thought whenever I learned you know knew about the Highland Games and I've known about it for a while. You just never you never really know the specifics. You know, some of the events everybody's heard of the caber toss. You know, people can go, and people can always reference those things. But I always thought that people were more suited for the Highland Games if they came from powerlifting, and that was something. That I, I was wrong about because Spencer, came, it was so funny because I was like, I was like, man, I am not right about this. It was mm-hmm. strong man makes more sense, and then Spencer came from discus throwing, like discus track yep. and field, and so it completely tore down what I thought made sense for the Highland Games. I was so wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a uh, you definitely are at an advantage if you've got a throwing background. You know, yeah. I mean. I threw a little bit in high school, but we never really had a coach. Um, and so you're kind of coaching yourself. You know, we yeah. had, we had coaches there and they, they could give you the, the, you know, framework for, for throwing um, the, the bare essentials, but um, you know, having that background and, and even throwing at the collegiate level or beyond is, is hugely beneficial. Um, you know, powerlifting, lifting heavy weights basically yeah. slowly you know it doesn't really translate to throwing something that's light as fast and as hard as you can yeah and and
0: nobody would even guess that you know i guess my brain would just be like they're big dudes mm-hmm. you know they must come from like a <laughs> lift heavy shit background yeah and so you, yeah. you go to powerlifting and but now you know you think about it too it's almost like nothing could ever really translate into the events at the highland games because you know, it, it's yep. awkward it's awkward stuff when you watch it because Spencer was telling me I you know the 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 mechanics behind some of these events are a little bit weird. Like what do you find has some of the more complex mechanics, like the things you sort of have to approach with with more finesse, I guess, in a different way.
1: They all have all all of the throwing events that we do have kind of a yin and yang of Yeah, you know. When yeah, there she, it is when to relax and when to, to hit the gas. And, you know, the, the, like I said before, the framework of throwing is, is always going to be similar. Yeah. When you look at it from a biomechanical standpoint, the framework of throwing is going to be the same, whether you're throwing a baseball, whether you're throwing a shot, whether you're throwing a weight, whether you're hitting a volleyball, you know, the, the mechanics of that movement, when you really boil it down are not that dissimilar, but when you're throwing a 56 pound weight, versus throwing, you know, a discus or something like that. The, the difference in the size and weight of the implement is so much more that being able to, to kind of find that, that technique and find that fluidity between getting both feet on the ground and stomping on the gas and then being able to relax and separate and then finding the ground again, and then hitting it into the finish is you know, it's, it's a really challenging thing to get and to time, right. When you're going as fast as you can.
0: Yeah. And I imagine dealing the injuries come all the time, I'm sure. And so do, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, I guess it's like playing rugby or something. Cause I I tried that for a go and I'm like, man, there's no way in hell you could get through this without getting injured a, a yeah. bunch of times. And so do you still, I imagine you got to, Lay off the sport if you get injured. You can't ease your way back into it per se, or maybe I mean,
1: you know, at at the high level of the pro class, you know, there's not a guy on the field who's not probably dealing with something at some point. You know,
0: (laughs) they just Um, fight through.
1: Yeah, you know, and there's there's a certain amount of that that has to happen when you're thrown at that level because yeah, you know, you've made a commitment to an athletic director, right? So so I'm going to get invited to a competition in. You know, New Hampshire, or I'm going to get invited to a competition in Colorado, and so they've put aside money in their budget to to get you there, to get you, you know, accommodations or to pay for some of your flight or whatever it is, and then, you know, you get there and your hamstring feels a little funny, you know, you can't not throw. So you got to do it. So so you got to kind of fight through that a little bit. You know, there's some certainly some things that are just you can't go, and there's been guys that have had to, you know, drop out of games because they've had muscle tears or bad sprains. You know, i certainly, I sprained my ankle really bad um, in 2017 and I had to miss, you know, two or three competitions. And Jeez, you just, you, you hope that you can kind of get those guys notified early enough that they can find somebody to fill your spot. Yeah. But if you can't, you know, they're out money that they've already paid for your flight. And, you know, the, the field is out one guy that could bring more attention to the sport and so you you have to power through a little bit when you're at the at the pro level because you got to understand you know which side of the bread your butter's on um as an amateur yeah i mean you know nobody's going to care from adam if you don't show up they're still going to get your entry fee and
0: <laughs> yeah you
1: know it's, it's good but there's a there's a different level of responsibility when you're a pro thrower that you know it's, it's a two-way street and if you got a little bump and a bruise here and there, you're still expected to come and do your job.
0: Yeah, the the environment of the games is, has always intrigued me. It's a festival kind of kind of vibe, right? So it's yeah. not. I like how it's not serious per se. I mean, it is for the competitors because yeah. you're out there to win. But um, people don't know about it. I, I don't like. It. It's not referenced enough. People don't. People don't really bring it up. It still kind of exists in like that fringe sport mm-hmm. kind of world i guess you know it falls into the category of maybe like bodybuilding does in a sense but yeah but people don't know about these other options to approaching fitness in general and i would so much rather throw a freaking caber than like do a clean and jerk or something so for me personally (laughs) it just it's just more appealing and i wish people did it
1: more you know yeah you know this the sport has grown um and it's always fun to see new guys and new, new people coming up as amateurs yeah. um, that are having fun. You know, the sport is fun. It's a, it's a blast. To do. Oh, hell yeah. It, um, it
0: looks like it too. You can even you know, see. And
1: all the guys are, are good. You get together with the guys and everybody's, you know, pretty good friends. And so you yeah. see all the same guys every weekend. And so that's, that's a fun part of it too. Um, and, Did- you know, it's part of the festival atmosphere. So the crowd is always fun. You know, you get in the, get in with the crowd and they're, they're pumped up and, um, so that's it, it. It should be a fun sport, but at the same time, you know, I think the majority of guys um, that are that are high-level pro throwers do take it pretty seriously too. And so, yeah. you know, again, it's again, it's a balancing act because you don't want to be, you know, a, a Mr. Grumpy guy on the field. Be uh, <laughs> the one the guy who's up like on it. really pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be throwing chairs or, or doing anything <laughs> crazy like that. So, yeah, the crowd picks up on it. It's just not a, you know, it's it's not a great look. Um, does
0: does that vibe change though if 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 it was an international competition, like if you were bringing in people from Scotland, maybe or um, wherever wherever it's bigger or bigish, you know?
1: Yeah, um, it changes at the different level of competition. Got it. Definitely. Got you know? it. Okay. I mean the the vibe at world championships and u.s championships is a lot different than the vibe at a lower level games you yeah. know um you're there yes to still put on a bit of a show for the crowd they're there to see you and to to be part of the of the competition but there's more on the line on those competitions and so they are a little bit more intense and there's there's still a lot of fun. You know, there's still a lot of joking around. It's hard to turn that off when you when you've had that on all season and it's certainly part of the games. They always have a bit of a different of an a bit of a different edge. Yeah. When you're when you're at those couple games where you just you crank it up a little bit higher and the tensions just a little bit more. And so that's always a fun that's always a fun change. I guess your
0: training kind of reflects the the actual events, right? You can't necessarily train outside of what you're doing in the competition, right? You really got to train specifically to
1: that when you get yep. ready
0: for these things. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. You have to, you know, it, it's a, it'd be no different than a power lifter who yeah. you couldn't be a power lifter and not bench. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, you can't be a thrower and not throw. So uh, you have to have that specificity within the season and within your off season to, to become, you know, the best thrower that you can be. And so in order to do that, you have to have your hands on the implements and you have to throw as much as you can. Yeah, uh, and that that ebbs and flows during the season and during the off season. You know, I don't throw a lot during the off season, and so okay. it's more about building everything back up and trying to get another a good basis. I guess exactly. And then you yeah. get into the season, um, and you know, by the end of the season, the vast majority of the work that I'm doing is in the field. You know, nice. I'm, I'm pretty much out of the weight room, and uh, unless I'm doing some recovery stuff or some speed work, and um, the last you know six to eight weeks of the season, it's it's mostly just fine-tuning things in the in the field do you have to wear a kilt are you required <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's part I of the uniform love, yeah. i love kilt but uh,
0: you'd be amazed man like it, it's it's surprising like how uh <laughs> it's i wish i could just bring somebody to the highland games and just like point yeah. and,
1: like see <laughs> it's used for I'm- something i'm not gonna wear a kilt anywhere else you know uh, but that's that's part of the uniform well i mean you know you can can find i'm sure there's like
0: you know whenever i get married i'd love to wear a kilt but that's that's (laughs) really 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 hard to get a girl to accept that so i'm finding that out as i go i'm like man that's a tough that's a tough sell (laughs) for some people you know don't
1: bring that up on the first date you know well like i I I have have i'm wearing a kilt yeah,
0: well, it, it has happened before, and then the look of disappointment that, like, creeps across their face. and like, man, yeah. I just – I said oh, something man. that was not good, so. Yeah. yeah.
1: I always say, you know, um, football players aren't going to wear their capri pants out in the middle of the street after the game, so Fair. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and take that kilt off and throw it in the bag, and I'm that's not wearing through the airport or anything crazy.
0: The idea of capris <laughs> in general should not be worn by anybody, but, you know, that's hey. just
1: – that's a football uniform. You know, we're going to wear it, these little, these little pants that come down just below true. the knee. We're good.
0: <laughs> Somebody walking out with a baseball uniform be like, take, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Take it it's, off. Right. It's for, Easy. it's for the field, you know? Yeah,
0: man. Are you preparing for anything right now? Are you in the off season or what's the, what's the schedule?
1: So, um, so this is going to be my last season. So, um, so I'm retiring at the end of the year. Um, and so I'm trying to hit as many games as I can. I'm trying to stay as healthy as I can through the season, um, to, to try to end, you know, on a high note. Um, and so I will have, I'm going to, I'm gonna actually going to go to, um, uh, to an amateur competition here in a couple of weeks in Wichita. So I'll be, I'll throw down there just to kind of knock the rust off. But, but more for me is there's some people down there that I haven't seen in a long time. And, uh, you know, um, I want to, I want to see some people before I completely hang them up. And Wichita was actually one of the first big competitions that I did as an amateur. And so I'm going back down there to, to kind of see everybody and yeah, uh, put a bow on, on that competition. And that's going to be kind of my mindset for the, for the rest of the year is to just go have fun, see, see everybody one more time at all the different venues that I've gone through in my career. And, um, and hopefully, you know, have a good season on top of that. So so I'll, I'll open my season. It, technically, I won't open my pro season until May, but, uh, but the next one will be in a couple of weeks in Wichita. So, somebody um, uh, I I had heard there was kind of like
0: this. And you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. There was an effort or, or some kind of movement that they they're trying to get rid of the pro category in the U.S. Is that is that something that's happening actively, or I know that's getting not a little that, political not that I've heard of. Okay. Um,
1: there's a uh, there's there's always been that push because that's that's the way that uh, Scotland does it and you know that oh the way yeah that's right yeah that some competitions do where it's an open field and they only pay the top so many guys you know um, yeah and I don't know if I like that um, there there's a certain amount of um, you know you gotta you gotta be the right kind of kind of athlete to have success in the pro makes class. Sense. And I think that kind of athlete, um, it elevates the level of the festival. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and I
0: agree. It makes sense. I mean, you kind of have to have like a, a delineation, like if you're going to with anything, there's that, like you, you, you gotta want to compete at a higher level. And so I imagine it just mentally speaking, it pushes you to be better, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. And you know, the, the, the type of athlete, I think, you know, now that I've had a chance to kind of look back on my career and, um, and kind of get a feel for, for a lot of different things. Yeah. I think the kind of athlete that excels at a high level in the Highland Games, they're able to have fun. And they're, they're the kind of person that brings, for the most part, I think, brings some energy to, mm-hmm. to the competition and brings an energy to the festival. And th- the, the fans, by and large, they can tell the difference. know they can tell the difference between between a pro thrower and an amateur thrower um the the lines blur a little bit but you know i think that a good pro thrower is going to bring something to the games that um an amateur athlete might not and so i think that you lose that when you start to just put it as an open class and then yeah in my mind i don't I don't think that that's good for the sport. It's, it may be good for the athletes, you know, cause you get a lot of guys that maybe wouldn't get exposure um, as they come up. Um, yeah. That are going to have harder harder time breaking into the pro class. And so I can say that more easily now that I'm on the way out. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> and, Yeah. You're, you're, you know, I've, I've had
1: my time. In the sport. End. But yeah. uh, certainly as a, as an am, when you're trying to, when you're trying to break into the pro class, you know, and you feel like you've got the numbers, but maybe you don't have the recognition that's hard to do and it's hard to get athletic directors to invite you and you kind of have to take where you can and uh, and work your way in and make a name for yourself. Um, and certainly that gets easier if you have an open field where anybody can throw interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But you know, there's also part of that where you kind of have to pay your own way for a little while and you pay your dues as a, as a new pro. And yeah, you know, I remember, flying out on a on you know a half a day's notice because I got a call that said hey somebody dropped can you still come and that's I was awesome. like yeah man I'm 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 a first year pro I'm not going to miss any games if they dropped I'm there uh wow. and so you know and that's that's the stuff that happens you know you put in your time and, and you take whatever scraps you can get and you try to make a name for yourself and then you work your way through um and so that's that's my experience and I think that that's I think that's cool, but uh I know a lot of people would rather see it be open because it's easier to, to break your way into it sometimes. So Yeah.
0: But I but I like the feeling of paying your dues. I like <laughs> you no, know, I mean, you know, it's kind of like it's required, especially if you're in America, you know, it's it's you gotta work hard for it. But I feel like in Scotland it's it's ingrained in the culture. So it makes sense that it would shoot, you could probably have a Highland Games in somebody's backyard for crying out loud, you know.
1: It, yeah, they're are really well established, and so the, and yeah, um, you know, and there's a lot of American games that are well established too, and so it's you know there's prestige in both places, but it's uh, a
0: Texas though, right? Texas is kind of the like there's a big one in San Antonio or Dallas or something. Yep. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. I mean, the 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 biggest competitions in the country are probably on the coasts. So okay. West Coast, you know, Pleasanton. Is probably one of the biggest ones, wow, um, and then awesome. Loon Mountain, New Hampshire, is is one of the biggest ones, and then Celtic is the U.S. Championships, and they're uh, they're huge too. So uh, there's they're they're all over the place, and um, some of them are getting bigger, and some of them are kind of getting smaller. Like, it just depends on, you know depends on kind of the the yeah. area and what's happening.
0: Well, it makes me want to do it just because <laughs> I I like the uh, the vibe. Right when you said I get paid to go to shows, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> Just do it for money. No, <laughs> but no, that's that's interesting. I, I like the fact that there's more money being put into it than maybe some of the other sports. I guarantee I guarantee you it's probably more popular than even powerlifting the way it sounds, because I know there's only really a couple shows in powerlifting that even have any kind of money funneled into it. Whereas with this, you know, there's there's incentive to be a pro you know you, you get somewhere with it like it's actually a gig you know yeah
1: yeah it's in it you know the money isn't as good as it used to be um okay so it's hey- lost
0: a little bit i guess COVID yeah. did everything yeah well,
1: and you know the heyday of the sport was in the 90s you know that's when espn picked it up and, and they had yes. ESPN had the circuit right. and they would kind of follow it around that really did a lot for the sport there was a lot more exposure and so Athletic directors had a bit of a bigger pocket to dig into. Um, And, you know, I I think that the the amount of money that athletic directors have in their budget for the athletics has really really stayed relatively constant. Um, And so the unfortunate part of that is that costs have gone up to get athletes there and to house athletes and to pay, you know, pay out competitive prize money. And so the money has actually probably gone down yeah overall um since i've since i've started this sport um and, and even before then um which is which is kind of a consequence of of it's just more expensive to get guys to your venue you know everything True. is more expensive everything is more expensive and yeah more expensive. uh and so if you've got a relatively stagnant budget and you've got kind of the same amount of people coming the same year it's just hard, kind of things margins get tighter and and so it's harder but even even that being said it's still you can make a, a pretty good amount of money just from throwing um God, compared yeah, to insane. compared to a lot of other sports so it's not going to be your only job you know you're not going to really quit your day job and become the professional <laughs> island games <laughs> island games competitor yeah exactly <laughs> uh, some guys yeah. used to do that um but i don't think you can do it anymore um it's just uh you'd, you'd have to about throw yourself to death to do that now i think
0: yeah, you'd you'd be you'd be at a real disadvantage at that point for sure. <laughs> but no, that's the yeah, I just looking at the political side of things from every event or every kind of competition. You know, yeah, the there's there's some that go up and then some that go down in the, in popularity and it always fluctuates from what I see, you know. And is I I imagine highland games is not something that everybody could do cuz powerlifting is kind of making itself out to be the thing that anybody could do, you know, and, and I don't see Highland games as that because it is definitely unique things that maybe not many people could see themselves doing per se, you know?
1: I think everybody, I think it's, I think the sport is really accessible. Um, yeah. I think, the, I think the Highland games is more accessible than you think. Okay. It's, it's a matter of, you know, it's harder to, to feel like you're competitive because, it's harder to feel like you're competitive. That's interesting. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think it's harder to feel like you're competitive when you first break in. Okay. Because there is going to be such a skill discrepancy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. it really that. is a skill sport, you know, and you have to be able to translate whatever you have into throwing farther, which is a huge challenge. Yeah. Now, it's not that, it's you, not that you can't do it. Um, and the sport has, levels at the amateur level where you know you could be a a novice. You could walk off the street. You could you could walk into a competition and say, hey, I want to try this today. And you're going to get all the love and support in the world to to step on the field and to try your hand at throwing this stuff. And everybody's going to have your back and you're going to have a blast. But then you're going to kind of look at your numbers and you're going to go, man, I am just not very good at this and I am not throwing as far as I'd like to. And there's a fairly steep learning curve for some people on how to to get to where you want to be. You know, some people stay in the novice class and they might claw their way up to the C class and then they might claw their way up to the B class and then they kind of get stuck. Uh, And so that's hard to kind of continue to build that for for somebody who isn't going to put a lot of time into the sport. Interesting.
0: I gotcha. So it is just with anything, it is building, building through it and you could start with it, but it, it's, I get what you're saying. Like you got to see yourself as maybe potentially continuing with it in order, you know, to be competitive from the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's not a lot of back. I mean, a lot of people that are in strength sports, they've all benched, they've all deadlifted, yeah, all squatted. Right. And so if you're going to compare it to powerlifting, that's, that's more accessible because I can do that in any gym. I can go to any gym and I can deadlift, I can bench, I can squat. And so I can go to a powerlifting competition and I can do the exact same thing that I've been in the gym. But unless you're going to find a group of people that are throwing and kind of put yourself out there to go say, Hey, can I throw with you guys or, you know, make the schedule work to get in with a group of people or try to make your own implements. It's a hard sport to, to, you know, continue to try to get better at, Um, but it's, it's still very accessible if you just want to go try your hand at it and see how you, how you stack up and what it feels. Fair.
0: It's probably the way to succeed through it though. You kind of have to find like your quote unquote study group, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta corral with some like-minded dudes to be able to do it properly.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, and just sourcing the things to throw.
0: I mean, yeah. That's, that was my other thought It was like, man, you know, it's hard to get a hold of those things, you know. I, <laughs> I imagine you could maybe cut down a log, but sure. you know that's yeah.
1: It's, you can you can pull a stone out of a river and you have a stone to throw. That's not that hard. You can go yeah, to a can and do that. the Yeah, You can do that. Yeah, that's not hard. Uh, making weights. <clears throat> There's more people out there now, I think, that make weights than did when I first started. Yeah. Um, but it's still an investment. I mean, you're going to pay a decent chunk of money to get a you know a 28 pound weight to throw. Um, and you can make your own, but it's hard. It's, it, it takes time. You gotta want to, you know, you, you, it's not like you can just cobble something together from your garage. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it is, it's a challenge. Um, but if you want to be good at something, you know, you gotta, it, you gotta, gotta commit.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I was joking with, uh, Spencer and everything because in Scotland, they have stones everywhere and there's documentaries talking about like the sacred stones and yeah. they could just go out into the field. Find a stone and pick it up, and like you know, here it's just not like that. Where we, you know, we can't we can't just get a hold of a giant stone and start using it as as a training piece of equipment. So I found yeah. that I found that so unique that you know, you literally in the environment there, it's almost made for that stuff. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can always find something to lift. I mean, that's you know, think of, like think of strongman. You know, that's just Ooh. odd object lifting. Get yourself you know? a keg you can find a keg you can go find a tire to flip you know there's always there's where there's a will there's a way yeah and uh you know (laughs) you just look for look for things to lift i found a pebble (laughs) it's a sacred pebble the most meathead thing ever yeah just go walk around until you find something heavy enough to lift and then lift it a bunch of it does sounds like
0: (laughs) it definitely it definitely appeals to meatheads that's like the most urban (laughs) training thing you could ever say to somebody it's like you can find, you know, there's a dumpster out there. I'm sure you could like squat that or something. You know, <laughs> it's it's out there. There's yeah. all kinds of shit out there.
1: Oh yeah. You, know, you can. You never. There's no no shortage of things to try to lift.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you see yourself doing
1: strongman again, or you you're piecing no. out completely? No. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed doing strongman when I did strongman. Um, okay. But looking back at it now, I would never do it again. Um. It, it was, uh, it's just, it was extraordinarily taxing on my body. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm really put together to be a strongman. I was able to get fairly strong, but not, not to even close to the level um, to be, you know, extraordinarily competitive at strongman. man. Um, yeah. So you, go ahead. Do you
0: know, well, just body type speaking, you know, was, so you'd have to be technically bigger for the strongman.
1: I would have had to add a significant amount of muscle mass. I think really to continue to build up to where you're a big guy. (laughs) Jeez, yeah. I mean, so I've never been exceptionally strong. Like you look at some of those guys, and they're deadlifting, you know, seven, eight hundred pounds. Join the club, (laughs) right? So (laughs) you know, everybody looks at me like I'm crazy when I say that because you know, to the average person, they're like, "Man, you're you're really strong," you know. But yeah, like you're, you're talking about another level of strength that I don't know that I have ever been or would ever be capable of reaching, um, to, to compete at that kind of elite level. And for a a period of time in my career, I was fairly explosive. Um, and so, you know, that, that helped me in the Highland games. Um, and I had enough strength in, uh, that I, that I could kind of harness that, but to be, uh, even an, a high level amateur strongman where you're competing kind of at the top, it's just another level. I mean, it's just. Yeah. It, it, sometimes.
0: Because yeah, with anything like it, it, you're, you're at the, you're with the best of the best. So naturally yeah. it's, it's going to be, you know, if, if, if there's a slight discrepancy, you're not going to be the best. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's reserved for a few, I guess who, who do it, but you know, is there, is there testing going
1: on like can they
0: can they take like
1: drugs and everything i don't know what the what the testing status is for strongman i would i would assume that it varies okay Uh, and so you know that's i guess the way i've always heard it is nobody's nobody wants to see the strongest man who's not on drugs
0: (laughs) it's a good point yeah i mean yeah it's true you know, said it the strongest better longest
1: dude in the world pick up the heaviest stuff that you yeah can you want do. the extreme. And so and that's the name of that sport. Yeah yeah because they you know you, you talked know, is it, about is it good or bad I don't know. yeah it, and you talked about not being quote unquote the
0: best but with, with everything I see nowadays especially Olympics and uh, bodybuilding, more so, Olympics. You know, it's it's the differentiation. The line is drawn between the ones who are on something and the ones who aren't on something. And you know, it's, yeah. it's nowadays it's like we've created this false playing field where no, there's there's a couple out there that have that have given themselves some help. You know. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's always an unfortunate side of strength sports. I mean, I, I've been a, a lifetime drug-free athlete. That's never even, a thing which is on my radar. amazing
0: that you compete at th- this level and you're drug-free like that. That's, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Like, geez. Yeah. It's,
1: it, it's, it's never even been something on my radar. Um, wow. I firmly believe in kind of a level playing field for, for everybody. And, uh, that's just always been something that I've wanted to top my body out with whatever, you know, it will naturally do. And, you know, once I get to that point, I'm, I'm totally fine with not being any better. Um Yeah. And so that's, that's uh always been kind of a, uh, a important personal,
0: a personal goal you've set for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Jeez, man. That's yeah. Cause the, uh, anybody trying to do bodybuilding or something, that's, it's the same uh, ideology. You really can't, you can't go to the next level and it's different. It's a different sport, but you can't go to the next level. If you're not on steroids, if you're not juicing, you're pretty much stuck. You know, you're, you you yeah. it's a bucket list thing. You check it off and you're good to go if you're not taking drugs. So,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, you know, and you really, I really wish that there was more opportunity for people that were you know definitely clean and, and wanted to to compete that way but it's such a hard thing because when you're on the fringe of a sport you rely yeah. on you rely on people you know yep. watching and paying and, and participating and got to deliver and, and again you got to deliver what yeah. they want and it and you know i really i hate that for a lot of those sports that just they can't get away from that and so you know, fortunately for us, we've we've got uh, a few games that that test in the Highland Games, and so you nice. can kind of try to you try to weed some of that out. Um, and we've tried to have tried to you know keep the sport as clean as we can, uh, and that's I think that's important to a lot of people. And yeah, I hope it continues to be important.